This is 51st Dates, and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. They say that hindsight is 2020. I decided to find out if that's true. Every week, I'm going to read a chapter from my memoir, 51st Dates, then give you the backstory and commentary on what really went down. It's been two whole years since I went on these dates, and I'll be experiencing them along with you as I read. We'll find out together if my future self learned anything. I don't know if I have anything figured out, but at least we'll share some laughs along the way. Dating in Southern California is nothing if not entertaining. Ready? Strap in. Let's go. Hi, this is 51st Dates, the podcast, and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. Welcome to episode 17. I don't know if it's like sort of the Ides of March, um, but I have that feeling right now that it's all for nothing. Um, You know, I've been thinking a lot about dating and when I'll be ready to get back in the game, and it's been a few months, and I still don't want to do it. And the thing is, um, while I was doing this, the entire time I greatly enjoyed dating. I love meeting new people. I like talking to new people. It's great. But for some reason, the last one really burned me a bit. And it sort of made me wonder how it is that I don't have any boundaries or standards or values when it comes to dating. Everywhere else in my life, so strict <laughs> and uh, so boundaried and, you know, very... Um, adult, mature, you know, I raise a kid, he's doing really well. Um, you know, I get work done, I get my kid to school, such as it is. Um, on time, you know, I manage my life, I manage money, I do a lot of things. But um, when it comes to dating, I don't have sufficient skills. And I'm starting to feel like post 40 that I'm getting a little old to, um, acquire those skills. It just seems like it's just a morass. And so one of the things actually I've stopped doing is reading a lot of blogs. So I think, um, at least as far as like this internet sort of world is concerned, which is not how I grew up, of course, there are a lot of groups and YouTube videos and blogs that will address, you know, where you are. And it sort of feels like, oh, I have this wound and let me get up every day and rip the bandaid off and pour some more salt in, you know, and, you know, it becomes like, oh, I can't believe I married this guy. You know, that was such a mistake. And yet I stayed with it no matter how bad he treated me. And I can't believe I dated this guy who was fundamentally like a low value guy who I, you know, kept pursuing no matter how he treated me. And, um, so there's groups, there's all these groups. It's like, do you have attachment issues? There's a group for that. Did you date a narcissist? There's a group for that. Did you marry a narcissist? There's a group for that. Are you trying to divorce one? There's a group for that. And while I think the groups are sort of helpful in a sense of not feeling alone and not feeling like the only one, part of it, it just feels like it's just again and again, opening a door that needs to be not so much well, maybe it needs to be closed and not so much in the, it didn't happen. I'm going to stick my fingers in my ears, la 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 sort of way, but closed in a way of, okay, so this stuff 
happened. You know, I had a mother who was like alcoholic and abusive. I had a husband who was just emotionally abusive, not an alcoholic, you know, and I dated, you know, any number of guys who could take me or leave me. And that is true. None of that will ever change because the past is fixed. And reliving it, rehashing it, thinking about it is not moving me forward. Um, it's part of it's instructive. I don't know. Let me say this. I think looking at my own past and vowing not to make those mistakes again has value doing it in a group setting with people with similar issues I'm not sure how long that has value so that's where I am in March just sort of sitting with all of that and now let's talk about the date so this will be uh chapter 16 Mr. Irish what do I remember about this guy? Um, actually, it comes up later. What I remember about this guy is that this was the quintessential not trying guy. He made, I mean, look, he showed up on time for a date, which seems to be the maximum effort that anyone puts in um, in LA. And it's just startling that people would not, I don't know, put on clean clothes and wash their hair and it becomes this this sort of thing and it's not something that I think I would guess from looking at pictures and swiping left or swiping right like I wish there were a way to sort of filter for people who were going to make low effort actually maybe there is a way to filter for that now that I think about it I guess if they don't ask you out and they don't plan the date then maybe that indicates low effort. So, okay, there's two schools of thought on this, and I'm not sure where I land. One school of thought has all of these sort of dating experts who are like, women are evolved. You have to make the first move. Men are shy. You know, they won't always do it. If you like somebody, reach out to them and see where it goes. But what ends up happening, and actually this was a script from a guy who was like, message whatever number of guys who have a certain percentage match with you and say to them, hey, it looks like we could be a great match. Let's meet up for coffee. But my experience has been, okay, so that works. Like they will, well, some of them will come out and meet you, but it's low effort. Um, And then the other school of thought is let them pursue you, let them ask you out and let them actually plan a date and only go out with somebody who would actually make plans which I'm really thinking about. But if that were the case, I swear to God, I would have had two dates, which may be sufficient given the number I had. But I have not met men who are willing to put effort in. So I mostly pick the restaurant or bar or whatever to meet, mainly A, because it can be in my own neighborhood, and B, when I've let them plan it, They've had no plans. Uh, Remember the Zen guy who's like, hey, let's meet on a strip of Venice where all the businesses are closed at night, which, by the way, I didn't know because I don't think I've ever been there at night, probably because all the businesses are closed. So it's sort of that like they don't have any like effort. And the thing is, like, I get it. Like when I dated in college or something or law school, I don't know how much effort I was expecting people to put forth. But 
you know, men over 30 or over 40, or in the case of some of these over 50, you think that they could figure out how to like make a reservation, pick a restaurant. There are thousands of them in LA that serve every freaking cuisine you could possibly want. Well, not every, there's a couple I want that I can't get here, but that's neither here nor there. And pick one, pick a time, show up on time, washed and dressed. Like this is all of the effort that I'm requiring. I'm not, you know, asking them to do a song and dance or pick like the most expensive restaurant in LA or anything like that, but just a plan. That's also not McDonald's because I don't eat fast food, but just a plan. And that doesn't seem to happen. So Mr. Irish, um, I planned it. I know because I've been to this, um, particular bar slash restaurant a few times. It's actually um, a cool place. Um, once my friend launched a vegan dessert business there, she made vegan chocolate um, that she sold at farmer's markets. So that was cool. Um, and then the second time I was at the restaurant, um, my son's first grade teacher was leaving the school to go to a different private school in LA. And they had a the parents threw a going away party for him there. I love that teacher, by the way. He actually, well, I'm not going to get into that. I love that teacher. He was um, male and he was a first grade teacher. And I sort of love the idea of men in elementary education. So that said, like the bar, like is cool and I like it. But this guy, uh, Mr. Irish, lived in L.A. for maybe 10, maybe 20 years. I have to figure that out. But some period of time and like didn't know like how to drive from point A to point B. And I was like, what have you been doing? Have you been like a mole under the ground? I mean, it's a city. It has like lots of stuff going on. And I don't know how you could live here without partaking in any of it. And it'd be too expensive otherwise, because then you could live somewhere else where it'd be a lot cheaper. And if you're not going to visit any of the stuff, you can save your money. So I don't get it. Um, And I have a lot of thoughts about it. And we'll see if things change in the coming year um, when or if I get back out there. Although I will say that, so a lot of people are saying that dating, um, during, um, the whole COVID-19 has been better because they're having more meaningful conversations and they're not meeting every Tom, Dick and Harry in person. But on the other hand, the other experiences I'm hearing about are men who love to have like lots of video chats and lots of text, which was the total like low effort behavior that I observed over the year. And I don't know if we want to like encourage more of that with a big umbrella of excuse of COVID-19. I'm not saying we should go out to bars and meet people in person, although a lot of people in LA are, that's a different conversation. Um, it's like a whole speakeasy scene to be honest, but, um, all of that said, there's how do you measure effort? I mean, anybody can show up to a video chat on time. I mean, they don't have to leave their house or do anything. So it gives like low effort people like a greater opportunity and access to you than I think they otherwise would have because the bar, at least for me, was was whether or not they were willing to meet in person. And, um, that was a low bar and I'm going to tell you, I mean, I had a bunch of dates, but a bunch of people weren't willing to cross it. They're like, can we text for like four weeks? I'm like, no, I got things to do. I don't have time to text all day. One guy was like, oh, I was hoping we would be able to like share artistic experiences. 
okay, that's interesting. Um, I have friends for that, and um, it sounds interesting, but why would I continue to have, like, all these conversations over text? Like, I have plenty of friends that I can't keep up with via text. I don't need more. Um, so, effort. I don't know. It's, uh, I'd like men to put forth some. That's where I am on that. Let's get ready for Mr. Irish. Let's go. Chapter 16, Mr. Irish, March 16. Of course, on the day before St. Patrick's Day, I decided to meet Mr. Irish. I'd swiped right on Tinder because he was from Northern Ireland. To hell with my criteria, I just wanted to hear the accent for a few hours. If dating isn't interesting, then why bother? For the record, he had short reddish blonde hair, was okay looking, but not devastatingly cute, and worked at UCLA doing research of some kind or another. No long hair, no artistic bent. In fact, my last notification from Tinder was that he'd updated his pictures. I couldn't resist clicking. He'd added some with his cat. On Tinder, he messaged first. Mr. Irish, you were the first person who popped up. You are so very cute. Me, auspicious. Thanks for the compliment. We talked a little bit about research and my feelings about protagonists in fiction. It was a lovely intellectual conversation. Interesting, but I could have these kinds of conversations with my friends. I think I was looking for a different kind of conversation in a relationship. Then he referred to the 1980s Northern Ireland conflict as the Troubles, and I was back in. We agreed to meet on Saturday. I preferred nighttime dates, but he wanted to meet in the mid-afternoon. I had no idea why, but agreed to a date at The Village Idiot. It was a large bar-slash-restaurant that I'd been to for a few private parties over the years. I like to get to dates early. My plan is always to get a seat, scope out the bar, have a glass of wine to relax, and be there first. With almost all of my dates being late, this hadn't been a problem. The cool girl ordered a drink, then I took out my phone and sent a text. Me. I'm here sipping a Cosmo. Mr. Irish, at the bar in front of me? Me? Confused. I was confused. Turned out he was an early arriver. He'd ordered a drink and was sitting in a corner table behind me. Awkwardly, beat at my own game, I closed up my tab and joined him at the table. Guess what? He'd just moved out from his ex-wife. He'd just started therapy. He'd moved in with his cat or cats. There may have been more than one. Despite living in Los Angeles for at least a decade, he knew nothing about the city. I was over the ex-conversation, so I changed the topic to one of my favorites, travel. Surprisingly, he hadn't done much of that either. He'd moved from Northern Ireland to the U.S. for a woman. He'd met another woman, moved to Arizona, and so on and so on. He didn't seem to have any particular dreams or ambitions of his own other than following love. Fortunately, the bar started filling up at 7. That was my cue to close out our tab and see whether there was some kind of nighttime entertainment waiting for me. I can't remember what classic car guy was doing on the this weekend, but he was, of course, unavailable. The closer he seemed to get, the more he pulled away. While we were outside the bar waiting for Ubers, Mr. Irish asked, What are you going to do with your night? I am going to decline to answer that question. I only hope it's fun. I was already trying to figure out who I can meet up with. I swiped, but other than a proposition for mutual masturbation over Bumble, nothing came up. I ended up writing, knitting, and turning in early. Turned out, I'd need that sleep in the bank. That 
was really it. You know, I, they had actually really tasty appetizers on a good happy hour menu um, at the Village Idiot. It's on um, Melrose, I think, uh, close to La Brea. Uh, I don't know if it's in West Hollywood or in the city of LA, but it's up there. Up there. Over there. It's there. Um, and, uh, well, it's a, it's a cool place. <laughs> if, it, um, if it survives uh, COVID, I highly recommend it. You know, this guy, he really talked a lot about his ex, which is such a red flag. And, um, but I will say that I am ultimately very glad that he started talking about his ex early on in the, uh, date, because then I knew that he was not over her and needed to work on that. So he had just moved out and he'd moved to LA for her, but I couldn't figure out, like, did they never like go anywhere or do anything? Because he, so he lived like on the corner of like Crenshaw and Wilshire. God, there's some new buildings over there. Or maybe, I don't know. There's like this little spot just sort of, sort of south of Hancock Park, but north of um, a bunch of historic neighborhoods in LA. And he lived over there, which is, I'm going to be honest, I don't know. Let's say two miles from where I am, maybe three. I don't know. And he, we're at the Village Idiot, which is, I think, maybe, let's say, three blocks from La Brea. So for him to get home, he would either have to have driven down Melrose to La Brea or driven down, I don't know, La Brea to like Welshire and taken like a ride on Crenshaw. But we're talking like two turns and maybe like a mile, mile and a half. And he literally like had no idea where he was or how he was going to get home. And I think I was explaining it to him. So LA is a city full of streets that are grids. It's true for West Hollywood. The streets that are in LA and Beverly Hills, um, in Santa Monica and all these other places continue through, you know, there's like, I can tell you all the streets, but it's like Washington and Venice and Pico. And these are all like East West streets. And then there's North South streets like La Brea or Crenshaw or Fairfax or La Cienega. That's it. It's not that complicated. I mean, it was a laid out city with wide streets that are in a grid. So to be honest, most of the time when I leave my house anywhere I've lived in LA, and I've only lived in like three places, you can get anywhere that you're going without actually returning more than one or two times. Like it's literally the easiest city to navigate ever. And I don't like driving. Um, and it's actually easier than New York City because we don't have the whole one-way street thing where you have to, like, you know, skip over the street to turn back around to come back up the street, which is how I grew up. So all that said, it was so odd that he was, it was just like he was, like, he had just been born. He's like, I just got out of a relationship and I'm just in therapy and I'm trying to figure out if I really want this job and figure out who I am. I'm like, okay, do you have friends? This is always the question. And he didn't really seem to have friends or sort of any direction. It was odd. So to be honest, he was in therapy. So I am hopeful for him. We did not stay in touch, but um, well beyond, he comes up later, but after that. And I really do hope for him that like he got therapy and he figured out what it is he wants in life, separate apart from moving from one place to another following a woman. Um, But he sort of seemed like he felt like 
what he needed was another woman to provide direction for the next chapter in his life. And what I, in theory, am looking for is somebody who is more self-directed. I mean, I get up every day and I know what I'm going to do and I know like sort of what the future holds and what my plans are. And I just want somebody who has a similar idea, like this is the career I want, or this is the job I have, or this is how I plan to grow in that arena. These are the kids I have or don't have. And this is like how I'm like planning to raise them. You know, this is where I live. I'm planning to stay. I'm planning to not stay. This is my retirement plan. Like I've saved X dollars and I plan to retire at X age. And what I'm going to do post retirement is X, Y, or Z. And God knows my age. That's the thing I'm asking about. If I were 25, I wouldn't ask. But that's sort of what I'm looking for. People who have thought about plans and you know not saying things couldn't have happened in their life like they got married and they got divorced or they have custody of their kids or they have part-time custody of the kids or whatever all of those things are is one thing but I think I'm just sort of looking for somebody who has a plan in at least I don't know let's say three out of four of those areas and sort of knows where they're going and are looking for some companionship along the path and if our paths are compatible then it would work I mean you know not if you live you know in New York and you want like you know a part-time hookup or whatever that's probably not going to work but just somebody with a plan and with friends and with people who already love them and that they love themselves so they're not looking externally to have all those needs filled because to be honest, I can't do that for them. I do the best I can to fill my own needs. And I think I'm looking somebody to complement that, to amplify that, to sort of, you know, go through life with. Um, and I'm sort of want somebody seeking the same. And on these dates, I met very few people who were doing that. And I'm not going to be one of those people who blames the dating apps, but I do sometimes wonder how you pick those people. And look, I admit to being at fault because as I said in one of the earlier podcasts, I hadn't realized that I was swiping left on anybody who wanted a relationship. So I was kicking out people who didn't want a relationship and then was upset with the result. Now that is my own blind spot and I certainly would not do the same going forward. I'm Jolie Moore, and this has been 51st Dates, the podcast. If you enjoyed listening, I hope you'll share, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts. It will help others find the craziness that is dating in Southern California. Also, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you'd like to read ahead, my memoir, 51st Dates, is available wherever books are sold. A link is always included in the show notes. I'm also a romance writer. If you want to know more about my books, please visit joliemore.com for more information. You can also follow me on Instagram at xojoliemore and on all social media at the same handle, xojoliemore. Thanks for listening, and I'll be in your ears next week.